We start this week's edition of the Miami Sports Podcast with an apology. Milwaukee, I apologize. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that right off the top, actually. Clay Ferrero here. The voice you hear right there is Dookie Lang. Will Manso is in L.A. He will be back by the time the NBA Finals tip off, and that is the focus of this edition of the Miami Sports Podcast. Uh, but I start off by apologizing to Milwaukee because I am the reason that the Bucks lost to the Toronto Raptors. I'm not typically an I-told-you-so type of guy, but... Earlier this year, after the Jimmy Butler trade, I I said on this very podcast that I felt like Milwaukee was the best team in the Eastern Conference, and Dookie and Will laughed at me. I merely, you mentioned it at the end of a podcast, and like any dutiful producer, my job was to crank up the music, and so I played you out. You played me off Oscar-style. Your time had elapsed. I, I felt like the the best director in a short animated film who they just wanted to get no, off the stage. No, 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 because that person got it right. <laughs> so, 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 so anyway, no. So, so what happened was I had said that a, a few months ago, and then when Milwaukee took the 2-0 lead on, on Toronto, and they won game two in a blowout in Milwaukee, I, I had to toot my own horn. I had to bring it back up, and, and I went and I actually took the time to go back in the archives and dig up where I said it. I retweeted it, and then the Bucks lost four straight games. So it's my fault, and by the way, the only other time that I can remember specifically doing this was 2004. The Yankees took a three games to none lead on the Boston Red Sox, and I never talk trash, never do anything like that. You really like don't. That. And we, we were out, we were actually at a bar in Fort Myers, some of my friends of mine and I, and, and one of my friends was a Red Sox fan, and I just remember looking up at the screen and, and seeing the Yankees celebrating winning game three, and I, I said where my friend could hear, oh, well, that's too bad. I mean, that's not so, I mean, four straight. that's no, like no, that's no. But it was, it was, talk. it was snarky. That's, though. it was snarky. Dude, it was, it dude, was done snarkily. You're talking to a Duke fan, alum, well, you slash are, Yankee fan, slash New York Giants fan. Yeah. yeah. So, trust me. I, in terms of snark, all right. You want to, you want to hear? I'm, I'll give you a quick snark. Will Manso, who's not here today, and I went to the Giants Bucks playoff game a few years back this was the first this was a wild card game and there were a lot of Giants fans there but the majority of the fans were Bucks fans well lo and behold this was Eli's first Super Bowl year and Eli plays great and the Giants are winning late in the game this is a road game mind you this is in Tampa and by mid fourth quarter I me had started a let's go Feagles chant for Jeff Fiegel's the Giants punter and there were enough Giants fans around the stadium the Giants were up that every time he punted the entire stadium broke out in let's go Fiegel's why would you want your team to punt I wanted Fiegel's to get some love we were up and he was a great directional punter (laughs) and it was just sort of a big to the Tampa fans that in their opposing building the opposing fans could start chanting for the other team's punter. That is an odd trash-talking chant to bring up the punter. I've never never and, heard that before. And he's a cane. Well, that I understand. That part, but, but, but couldn't you... Wasn't Shockey on the team at that point? Couldn't you cheer for him? He was hurt. <laughs> well, he spent most of his career hurt. Thankfully, though, he wasn't hurt for the Saints in the Super Bowl. But that's a different story. All right, guys. Let's get this out there. 
Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines, 300 South University Drive. That is three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. So now that we have established that I am the reason that the NBA Finals matchup is what it is, Toronto Raptors versus the... All right, fine. I guess I guess Kawhi Leonard had a little to do yeah, with Yeah, he that. helped. Toronto, Toronto Raptors against the Golden State Warriors. And we'll start off here. Does Toronto have a shot in this series? I mean, of course they have a shot because the games were on Local 10 and we want you to watch. <laughs> um, but do I... Th- Yes, because, okay, so let me say the positives about Toronto. They are a very well-constructed, cohesive team that has a superstar. They may not have not have a lot of household names. I think that's part of the reason you see Drake getting so much attention, because people don't know what to talk about when you talk about the Toronto Raptors, and it's not like Kawhi Leonard is exactly a very outspoken guy. So you have sort of a, a an understated, low-key group of players, mm-hmm. and you have Drake, who's a hip-hop phenomenon. So obviously Drake's going to get the attention. But in terms of just basketball, X's and O's, Kawhi is legitimately elite, top whatever you want to call him, one, two, three, or four, two-way players in the NBA. He's a complete and total difference maker. He controls the glass. He controls the perimeter. He could shut down anyone you want to shut down individually, but they have one Kawhi. Kawhi cannot have a bad game and have the Raptors win. Not one game. Now you go to Golden State. Steph Curry can have a bad game, mm-hmm. and Golden State can win. Draymond Green can have a bad game and Golden State can win. Klay Thompson could have a bad game and Golden State could win. Kevin Durant may not even need to play and Golden State can win. So I just think Golden State has more at a bigger level than Toronto has. And I think ultimately Toronto has to play perfectly. It has to be a monsoon of Durant doesn't come back. They dominate the first two games at home. And maybe, maybe they, they start to get some sort of belief that this is a team of destiny, but it's, it's basically one of those team of destinies versus a legit dynasty. My, my money would be on the dynasty. Uh, My money is on the dynasty if I were a betting man, but I'll say this, the thing that, that impressed me the most in the Eastern Conference Finals, in addition to Kawhi Leonard, just being absolutely incredible, and I want to talk more about him in just a little bit, but the fact that the moment seemed too big for Milwaukee, whereas Toronto embraced it. And the Raptors seemed to know what they were doing in that moment. I think part of it was because there have been so many failures with that franchise. Kyle Lowry, in particular, has been scrutinized quite a bit over his career for falling short and playing poorly in the postseason, which I think is a little unfair, by the way. I think Kyle Lowry does a lot of things on the floor in addition to scoring that that when he doesn't score, he still can impact the game. But you look at guys like Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, guys who have been there before, and I felt like there was that combination of 
a big part of the roster has failed there before. And so there was less fear, I think, in the moment than I think Milwaukee had. And that's not a – it's not to say Milwaukee choked. It's not to say that, that they won't eventually get there. But there's a reason why there's this rite of passage thing in the NBA that we've seen for years and years going all the way back to the uh, the days of Michael Jordan and the bad boys, the Detroit Pistons. And uh, there, there's a rite of passage that seems to – to need to take place, and I felt like this was Toronto's time. And uh, Kawhi Leonard, whereas I, I think there were times that, that Giannis wasn't quite ready for the moment, Kawhi Leonard was. Yeah. And, it, and he it, was, man, he was so good. It's funny you mention that. After the game, I was like, all right, so let me try to figure out the difference between Giannis and Kawhi. So why, when Milwaukee went up 2-0, did Giannis's team fold and Kawhi's team excel? So I did a simple Google search. Kawhi Leonard is 27 years old. Giannis Antetokounmpo is 24 years old. I think that's it. I really think that's it. I think it's just a little more experience. And I think people forget, because he's so quiet, I think people forget that Kawhi has that Spurs championship DNA in him. Mm-hmm. He was a part of greatness. This is a former finals MVP. Kawhi, people forget that about Kawhi. Yeah. I, I just think people underestimate him. Even his selection of Toronto and picking out Toronto, he looked at the market and he looked at everything that was available and he clearly saw a vision and he saw an opportunity in the Toronto Raptors where he saw his skill set. And part of it probably was a little bit of weakness in the East. Mm-hmm. And and you know, maybe he maybe he thought like you thought, which was the Bucks are the best team. But he realized, look, they're the best team, but their best player is 24, Mm -hmm. and he's not ready yet. I'm ready. And I think that advantage, which I think is legit, he doesn't have that advantage anymore. Draymond Green's ready. Draymond Green ain't scared. And so I think whatever experiential advantage that Kawhi exploited in the East— no longer applies. Uh, the, yeah, and, and I think that's a really good point. And uh, now I do think that makes Toronto perhaps, and obviously it's easy to say this and, and we're playing the result here, but I think that makes Toronto more game for this matchup than Milwaukee would have been. And again, that's just watching what happened in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, it's little things like Giannis at the free throw line in the Eastern Conference. You, you could just tell something wasn't quite right. And, and again, this happens, man. This happens with – you look back at the superstars throughout the history of the NBA. I mean, uh, LeBron James went up against a much uh, <laughs> far better Spurs team when he was yep. in Cleveland, and they, they weren't even they, – they, they, it was like JV versus varsity back then, and, and that's when I think LeBron realized that I need to find a team with more talent. A couple of years later, he ends up down here. Uh, but Shaq, when he was with the Orlando Magic, and then eventually he, he moves on to the L.A. Lakers. That was Nick Anderson. Man, that still haunts me. Um, But I think with Giannis, I think he's close. I think it may very well be next year. It's it's going to come for Giannis. It was just watching in this match. It was... Because normally I think that sort of thing can be so cliche, and and talent ultimately wins more often than not. But watching that game, I felt like Milwaukee was the more talented team. Milwaukee, throughout the regular season, was the better team. Milwaukee was the harder team to defend because they had five guys on the floor at a time that can hit a three-pointer. But 
man, that whole championship DNA experience thing really seemed to matter. And and I give Kyle Lowry and those guys a ton of credit where in the past they've failed that now that they joined up with someone like Kawhi Leonard that they were able to get over it. So back to this matchup. Uh, I was actually speaking with Darnell Job, who's one of our engineers, and, and I thought he brought up a really interesting point about how he would defend. And, and I, I hadn't thought of it this way. Would you put Kawhi Leonard on Draymond Green, even if Kevin Durant plays? Because Draymond has proven, especially this uh, in the Western Conference Finals and, and the semifinals, that you're starting to see why he is the engine of that Golden State Warriors team. Steph Curry, I think, is, when you look back historically, when Steph plays and Durant doesn't, they're better, although the playoffs was a little different. Uh, but Steph Curry is the one who you need on the floor. You need him scoring. Draymond is the engine. He's the heart of that team. Would you put Kawhi Leonard on Draymond Green? Don't let him facilitate that offense and try to see if Curry and, and Clay Thompson can get off by themselves. Sure, but Curry and Clay Thompson can get off by themselves. So sure. I mean, I think they're going to try anything. I, th- I think that's a legitimate idea. I think Draymond has increased his playmaking without Kevin Durant. And and this is the word that I choose to use to describe Kevin Durant relative to the Golden State Warriors. He's superfluous, which is amazing because this is a future Hall of Famer. This is legitimately one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. If you've ever seen Kevin Durant in person, he's almost seven feet tall and he shoots three pointers like they're layups. He can handle the ball. He can get his own shot. He can create shots anywhere on the floor. But in that offense with that group, he's just like an added bonus. And I actually think it's very interesting because the Raptors have home floor advantage. I actually think that helps Golden State a lot Mm -hmm. because personally, I believe Kevin Durant's injury is based upon how Golden State is playing because they keep giving updates later and later and later. And so if Golden State goes into Toronto and wins game one, oh, well, you know, Kevin might need a couple extra days because they have the luxury versus if they were at home and all of a sudden, let's say Golden State lost at home, all of a sudden, oh, we got to rush Durant back. So they almost have the luxury of measuring when they want to return Kevin Durant because the series doesn't start at Golden State. I actually think that's, in an odd kind of way, an advantage for the Warriors. I, I To your point about him being superfluous, I can't even say the word, uh, being superfluous to what they do, I I, I agree, and, and frankly, that's why I, I hated it when Kevin Durant ended up going to the Golden State Warriors. Because I, I like when you can look around the league and there are more teams that can challenge. And, and that, well, well, you'll get that next year, but but for right now, Kevin Durant. Listen, Kevin Durant looked at the landscape of the NBA. He recognized that essentially, if you can't beat him, join him. Mm-hmm. He realized he that he had given everything he had, and they were unable to get over the hump of the Golden State Warriors. And he was working really, really hard at it. And man, wouldn't it be much nicer if I could go live in Silicon Valley? expand my empire financially with all the contacts that I can make out there and go pick up a couple championship rings. I think over time, over the last couple years, I think we've seen, and this has kind of played out over all of these super teams and these super dynasties, there's kind of a shelf life on it. Kind of like old rock bands used to break up because, you know, the, the, the amount of glory and fame and money. After a while, people have a hard time sharing it. And I think... As great as Kevin Durant is, there is always that knock against him of, well, you joined a super team. 
And, well, you know, the Warriors won before you. And imagine if the Warriors win this championship and Durant is not a part of it. Again, it'll be, well, you know, great. You picked up a couple rings out there, but they won before you. They won without you. You know, you were just kind of like a, you know, an added accoutrement on a car. Like, you're, you're just extra. And so I think, ultimately, regardless of how this series plays out, I think Durant's going to go somewhere. And he's going to go somewhere with the intention of trying to prove that he is he can do it himself. And and that's and that's the next level for Kevin Durant. In the interim, he's one of the greatest players in the world. He's healing from an injury. He's playing with three future Hall of Famers. And by the way, people are underestimating Golden State's depth. Okay? They they have a lot of they have a lot of championship depth. They've been to the finals. This is their fifth straight finals. Their bench guys have experience in the finals. And so while I can appreciate and respect Kawhi's experience, I just think Golden State is just so deep, so well coached, have such superstars, and they're playing like they used to play without Durant. And and so someone might say, well, is there going to be a problem reintegrating Grant and, uh, Durant into the offense? No. You always want a guy who can score 40 in your offense. There's no offense that's like, no, no, no. Take that guy who, who hits all those shots. That we don't need him. Of course they would take him back in a heartbeat. But I just think they have so many weapons. And while I think you're right that Draymond has proven to be the head of the snake lately, you think Steph Curry can't be? Like, you, th- you think if, if Draymond were, were totally suffocated by Kawhi, you think Steph can be like, okay, I'll, I'll shoot a bunch of threes, and then I'll give it to Clay, and he'll shoot a bunch of threes. I think it's, I think it's more about orchestrating, though, and especially when, when you get to the playoffs and now the NBA Finals where it becomes more of a half-court game, and especially if you're going to be going up against a team like Toronto, which, yeah, you know, we mentioned uh, Kawhi Leonard being arguably the best defensive wing in the league, but you've still got Pascal Siakam, uh, Serge Ibaka, when, when he's able to get out there and bring some energy, I, I think he can be a really effective defensive player still. And, and so you've got guys who can cause problems. Now, backcourt's going to be a little bit different, and, th- and that's where I think perhaps they will have problems trying to stop Steph because I don't know that I trust Kyle Lowry if he has to man up on Steph without any help. And, and and Danny Green has been starting. Norman Powell has been coming in for Green early on for Toronto. I mean, are, are you going to go one-on-one one of those guys against Clay? And and so if you end up putting Kawhi Leonard on on Draymond Green, well, yeah, I mean that's going to open up other guys because you don't you don't necessarily have the defensive stoppers, the depth of defensive stoppers there. Um, let me ask you this: Kevin Durant does not play in this series. It changes it how. I think not at all. Honestly, I think um I think if he comes back, it's probably I'll tell you something in order for him to come back, I think Golden State has to lose at least one game. Okay? If Golden State wins the first two games in Toronto, why are they rushing back Kevin Durant? What to what end? I think I think they would go, "Okay, we found our mojo. This is this is what we needed. We're not going to, you know, and and now if they lose, sure, of course you want Kevin Durant on your team. Um, I think obviously it gives Toronto one fewer Hall of Famer to game plan for. You know, and I think one thing that I that that we underestimate about Giannis and Giannis's struggles in the Eastern Conference Finals is the design by Toronto. Mm-hmm. So much credit needs to be given. Toronto's defense is really really good, and I think that's the one area where as beautiful 
as the offense is for Golden State, you have to give Toronto credit. They're going to figure something out to try to be disruptive. Mm-hmm. I don't think you you don't stop the Warriors, but you have to disrupt them. The question is, can they have the combination of disruption of Golden State's offense while still playing at a high level offensively? I don't necessarily know. I don't think that they have enough weapons. I don't. Especially just when you go player for player and you look across the board, I just think Golden State has better depth and better players and better stars. But I do think that Toronto, of all the teams in the East, I think Toronto probably can give Golden State the hardest time, which is not a very hard time at all, but it is the hardest time of anybody in the Eastern Conference. Do you give any thought to this idea that the Warriors, the rest of the roster right now, is enjoying this with Durant being out? Because I do. I I think, I think, yeah, I do, because... It's You know why? Because media narratives, right? We had it down here. Let's frame it in the context of the Heat and their Big Three era. I said there are basically four-year shelf lives on these eras. By the end of the Big Three era, it wasn't necessarily infighting. It wasn't necessarily like LeBron turned on Bosch, turned on Wade. It wasn't like that. But it was just the national narrative, the overall conversations. Everybody in the country with these stupid takes you know, talking as if they know something about the team that just gets exhausting. And so I think there's a large portion of both the media and some fans who wanted to hate on Kevin Durant the second he became a Golden State Warrior because of that decision, and they said it tarnished him, and by extension, it tarnished the Warriors. And so at a certain point, and I think it boiled over during the regular season when Draymond and and KD had their little tiff, Mm -hmm. where it was like, okay— you can start to see the little breaks in this dynasty, the little tearing apart that ultimately this team isn't going to be able to stay together. As as good a coach as Steve Kerr is, as good a guy as Steph Curry appears to be, all that stuff, eventually this, this dynasty is going to fall apart. And that's not fun. All of a sudden, Kevin Durant gets hurt, and they're underdogs. And I think... People underestimate Steph Curry all the time because he's got a baby face, because he's not so tall, because he came from Davidson, whatever people's reasons about him. He's always underestimated. And what people don't understand about Steph Curry is he is just like Kobe. He is just like any of your prototypical assassins in basketball who want to rip your heart out in the fourth quarter and who want that shot. And so I think... They were sufficiently insulted by all the people saying, oh, well, now that Durant's out, and and so, the oh, the Rockets had their chances here because last year the Rockets blamed it on not having Chris Paul because if the Rockets had Chris Paul last year, forget it, they would have beat the Warriors. Well, now Golden State has to deal with an injury, and all they did was win game five and win game six and end them. So I, I think I – think you know, you, you, you run out of motivation after a while, right? I mean, after four years, five years in, in the finals and four years with Durant, you kind of, what what? how do you get up for these games after a while? So I think this gave them something shiny and new. Human nature sets in. Yeah. And, and I think it's on, on all sides. I think there's, there's a feeling amongst all the other teams that when Kevin Durant is on the floor for the Warriors, then... Man, this is we're never going to face a team better than this. We're not going to go play Team USA in the <laughs> Olympics. So this is as close as we're ever going to get. When he's out, 
I think with other teams, there's there's a bit of a natural letdown. Yes, there is that part of you that, hey, you start frothing at the mouth a little bit because you feel like, hey, maybe we can get these guys. But I, I think there's also a slight underestimation. And, and I'm saying specifically about the Houston Rockets in particular because I think that there was a feeling once Durant went down that it was almost like last year in reverse when Chris Paul got hurt and that they could go and capitalize on this and, and maybe get over the hump for the first time. And then I, I feel like what you said is true, and I also feel like it's like you're Steph Curry, you're Clay Thompson, you're Draymond Green. That core has won a championship without Kevin Durant, and they were the best team in NBA history before the NBA Finals in 2016 without Kevin Durant that year. And, and so they've done special, special things. And so I think it was a chance for those guys to prove once again, we are the core here. And as great as Kevin Durant is, we are the core. We were the ones who built this. And and that's not them saying anything negative about Kevin Durant. It's not them wanting to not wanting to share this with Kevin Durant. But I think it's the natural human nature of, hey, we started this. We built this city on rock and roll. We're getting rolling here. And and, and the sad I think, thing is, I had that song in my head. I, I kind of, for some reason, I was looking at you, and I, I, it just kind of hit me. I don't know. Maybe it's. I feel like too I much. feel like the Warriors without Durant are like you and me without Manso. Like we got to step <laughs> up, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's right. a little more fun. There's we have more shots. When the cats we, away, the mice. Yeah. We, well, we have more shots. We have more response. We built this podcast. Yeah, on, so so all the haters on, out there, on bad takes. Whatever and, whatever we built it on, bad takes and jinxing teams and whatever whatever it's built upon the point is that when a star player goes out the other guys hey look i got more shots yeah this is nice yeah stay in california so so i'm i'm kind of with you that i i don't know that it really change i don't think it changes the ultimate outcome of the series i think it changes the outlook i not outlook i think it changes the optics of it it changes a lot it changes a lot of the narratives moving forward um i think if there there's any chance that he stays in golden state if they win without him i think it's a foregone conclusion he's gone because he's going to want to go somewhere and and win uh, to kind of make up for the fact that they won without him so i i think a lot could change with him being out just not what the final the final scores of these games are I also thought the celebration in Toronto told me a lot about what I needed to know about this series. Yeah. I feel like they felt like they won something already, which they did. Like, I look, if you look at the history of that franchise, they've been through a lot. And they were they were a place where you would go to develop a star who ultimately would break your heart and leave. Vince Carter, Chris Bosh, Mighty Mouse left, I believe. So they had a lot of great players who they would develop, but they were never considered like an A NBA city, yeah. right? Everybody will tell you, you know, I've been to Toronto. It's lovely. Oh, it's a great city. They have great fans, great people, all true. But it was never considered sort of up there. Right. But now, now they just look like they did something. And Golden State, when they won, knew that they didn't do anything. And I think that's important. And, you know, they got a couple days the Raptors do to sort of rein it in and recognize that they haven't done anything yet and I don't know I I think it's gonna be very interesting especially because he doesn't ever say anything but it's gonna be very interesting to see Kawhi Leonard he was smart enough to look at the landscape about I, I think people underestimate his savvy because he's not outgoing he was smart enough to look at the landscape of the NBA and go 
I can do some damage with that team. That's a good place for me right now. This is a good place to go for one year. And he sort of set a tone of don't ask me about it. I'm not answering it. And for whatever reason, people in Toronto were very respectful of the fact that Kawhi is here this year. Let's enjoy him. Let's leave him alone until he's done, and then he'll make a decision about his future. But I think as much as anything in the finals, I think Kawhi's future is up in the air because I think if they get overwhelmed, especially I think if they get overwhelmed without Kevin Durant, I think Kawhi's going to look at it and be like, okay, this is great. Love the people. Love the town. Can't do it here. Don't have don't have it. I need to join forces with whoever player X is and go to the Clippers or go to the Lakers or go go whatever whatever ultimately his destination is. I think the Warriors could beat them so soundly that Kawhi will recognize his ceiling without more help. And the chances of him recruiting another superstar up to the six, probably not gonna happen. And so I think there's just there's just this sense of like the Joe Carter moment of 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 last night, like which would have been Saturday night. You know, oh, this is it for Toronto. We've finally arrived. We're legit. Let's party in the street. It's like, you know, the Warriors are coming here Thursday. Like, and they're really, really good, and they're still really, really good. And so I was concerned. Like I, I appreciate that it was a celebration twenty five years in the making. But I also appreciate that it was just the Eastern Conference Finals. And so their their level of excitement and enthusiasm around the city there made me go, uh oh, I don't I don't think they know what they have coming. Yeah, and we'll we'll because... see how we'll see how that part of it plays. Because I, I can definitely get where you're coming because we've seen it before. I, I mean let's us being Yankee fans, let's go back to two thousand three. They come back, they beat the Red Sox, and there's a celebration amongst Yankee yeah. fans. Hey, we, we came back, we were able to win this series and Aaron Boone and then they run into the Marlins in the World Series. And I, and it was completely it, it was it was a little bit of a letdown and it and it wasn't now that was different because it was almost like the celebration was because the Yankees, and in particular their fans, yeah. thought that it was a foregone conclusion that whoever won the ALCS would win the World Series. Right. In this case, I think it's – but there was that that letdown factor. Let me go back to something you said about Kawhi Leonard and, and choosing Toronto because just to kind of bring this around to Miami and, and moving forward, um, that, was, that was all Masai Ujiri. The, the Toronto Raptors head of basketball operations, GM. Fortune favors the bold. And, and he looked at a situation knowing full well that that could have absolutely blown up in his face. You trade away a guy who was beloved in DeMar DeRozan. He and Kyle Lowry, they weren't best friends. They were brothers. I, I mean, there was a, they were, it was almost like they were blood. And, and there, was, there was a bond there. Um, Kyle Lowry was heartbroken. DeMar DeRozan was heartbroken. The city of Toronto was heartbroken that DeMar DeRozan was leaving. Yet look where they are. And, and Masai Ujiri looked at this and said, that is the one piece that we need, and I don't care if he's only here for one year. We have to go for it. It was basically going from good to great. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, you, they were in that place you hate. They were in that sort of mediocre, yes. perennial playoff team, first, second round, you know, 45 to 52 wins every year, good, respected, but not really a threat. And, so, and, and, and I do think potentially 
had they not made that move, I think Milwaukee probably wins the East. Because, no, no probably about it, man. Kawhi Leonard was on a different level, so no probably about it. Kawhi Leonard was outstanding. Now, he also also rehabbed his image a little bit, right? He did. Because Kawhi... They didn't. They didn't buy him high, right? They they didn't. They well, didn't. They didn't know. They didn't know. They thought they knew, but they didn't know that they were getting this Kawhi because last year he sat out what seventy games with the Spurs. There were questions about whether his injury was legit or not. There were contract issues. There were attitude concerns. There were all sorts of both real and imagined narratives around Kawhi Leonard. So. That allowed him to take the chance that he did on Kawhi. It was the right bet. I mean, he's the, the Raptors are hosting the NBA Finals Thursday on Local 10. Salute. They made the right call. But it wasn't... If Kawhi had had the season that he had this year, his last year in San Antonio, you think he'd be sitting in a Toronto Raptors jersey right now? Well, I don't know that anybody else would have had more to offer. And and that's what ultimately led him to Toronto was that hey Toronto had the All Star they had the the All NBA I, I forget I want to say DeRozan made third team second or third team All NBA player that nobody else really had and was was willing to move in a deal for less than one year of Kawhi Leonard one season of Kawhi Leonard so I, I, that's where I give Ujiri a lot of credit here in that it, to your point good to great that he he was willing to take the chance that this would all blow up because he knew that just getting to the Eastern Conference Finals with this team was not good enough. And, and hey, all, all the credit in the world to him. So let's bring that around here. Uh, I, I have a feeling that the more you're seeing these moves where Paul George supposedly wanted to be in L.A., uh, Kawhi Leonard still may end up, in LA, I would think more likely with the Clippers. But the more you're seeing these guys that are are traded away, not necessarily to the place that they supposedly wanted to go, when things go well, I think it kind of piques the interest of of GMs and personnel people around the league because they start to think, hey, just because player X doesn't want to be here right now, they get here, we do big things, and, and we can offer them more money than anybody else. I think it's going to make a difference. So maybe it's not this summer, but I think we go back to next summer. Pat Riley is going to have a big move sitting in front of him to make. And I think when you look at what Kawhi Leonard has done there, I I don't think they're going to have the best offer on the table for Anthony Davis because I think that, that the Lakers with the fourth pick – the Knicks potentially with the third pick, I think they're going to have more to offer. But what I think this will do moving forward is with someone like Pat Riley, with the, they're going to look at what Masai Ujiri did. Not that Pat Riley, Pat Riley doesn't need my help. He doesn't need anybody's help. He's done a great job. But I think what Masai Ujiri did, what happened in Oklahoma City, people are going to look at that and say, even if it just seems at the time like it's one year, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk to go from good to great. Or, I mean, the case of Heat right now, mediocre to good. And maybe that's the maybe that's the difference. You, is you know you what's going to happen, closer. right? It may not be the Heat. It, so I'm, I'm, this isn't me speaking about the Heat. There's going to be a GM who's going to follow this model, who's going to go all in on a guy for one year. I don't care. And it's going to be a disaster. Sure. It's, 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 go, there, it's going to happen. Like, yes, we have two great examples of it working. Kawhi in Toronto and Paul George in OKC. That happened to work out. But we know someone's going to find a superstar and go, 
I'm just putting all my chips on the table for this season and it's just going to explode in their face. It's going to happen. Um, it's, it's, it's really, but, but, but wouldn't you rather, if you're the fan of a team, wouldn't you rather be bold? Wouldn't you yeah, rather, I'd also rather chance? pick the right guy. Well, sure, like, sure. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather, I, I don't want to be the guy who everyone else picks Paul George and Kawhi and I pick player C sure. who turns out to be horrendous. I, but yes, obviously chance, like you said, chance favors the bold. I like that. It's the truth. Um, and we're seeing it, we're seeing it come to fruition here with the Raptors, but it's just so interesting about the NBA. And I think this is something that's different about the NBA now than it was 10 years ago. When you watch finals 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you watched the finals. That was all you're thinking about. You're thinking about the game. You're thinking about the matchups. You're thinking about where this team ranks historically, what era we're in. That's all you're thinking about. That's not all we're thinking about as we watch the NBA finals. There's a whole other layer mm-hmm. of intrigue and teams recruiting and how teams are built and what teams are going to be built and the implications for the future of the Raptors and the future of Kawhi and the future of the league and what does this series mean for the Clippers and what does it mean for the Lakers and what does it mean for the Heat and what it's just amazing now how the NBA structure the offseason we saw it this week with the Supermax right how Clay Clay I think Clay is going to be as angry as can be and play out of his mind mm-hmm. how clay didn't make first second or third team all nba and as a result is not eligible for a supermax contract which costs him 30 million dollars so now we have that subplot clay was just denied 30 million dollars how's it going so if he goes out and scores 42 points in game one are we going to say man clay was pretty peeved he didn't make first second or third team all nba so there's just so many more layers right now to the nba which as a viewer, as a fan, as someone who follows the sport, I just think it makes it so much more interesting because I'm watching I'm watching Toronto and I'm thinking about how they were built and then I'm thinking about how will they maintain this and then I'm thinking about how can the Heat replicate what they've done successfully and it's just such an interesting set of circumstances because when you look at Toronto, what you have is an infrastructure that was built there that just needed that one guy. They just needed that alpha to lead them. That They really were. Legitimately, in the Eastern Conference, Toronto was one player away. And the gap between DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard is the difference between a second-round exit and being in the NBA Finals. And, and that is how great a difference there is between DeRozan, who's a good player, and Kawhi, who's a superstar, who's an elite two-way player. I just don't think that gap is good enough to compete with the Golden State Warriors. I, I that and that's no knock on Kawhi. Kawhi's amazing, but he's not he's not four guys. He's one. And I think Golden State has four of them. And I and especially I think Draymond gets so little respect. Like even if you put Kawhi on him, Draymond is always a problem. He's always a problem. And when he gets more touches, when there's no Durant in the lineup, all of a sudden he hits the dagger shots. He makes the big assists. You look up, he has 15 rebounds. He's the motor. He's the energy. That team hits a lull. It doesn't matter. They're down 15 points in the first half, 18 points in the first half. They laugh. They cut it to under 20 by the half. They're going to tie it in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. They just don't play the same sport everyone else is playing. I think people are getting closer, but I don't think that the Toronto Raptors are going to be the super team 
that is going to knock them off. One more word from our sponsor, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, in Pembroke Pines. So the Golden State Warriors win this series in how many games? Three. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> Such a jerk. I'm going six. I, I think they close it out. I think they close it out in six games. Two and a half. Play us out. Play yourself out. One. They win it in one game. Just so bad. They've already won it. Congratulations one. to the Golden State Warriors on the NBA championship. You're trying you're trying to make people watch this on our network. Who doesn't want to watch them win a championship? <laughs> <laughs>